together. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for what you have already done this morning. And Lord, I pray, help me to communicate even in a short amount of time the the little that you've given to me this morning. Lord, it's, I know it's important stuff. And Lord, we want to be we want to be right where you want us to be and be ready. So Lord, I pray that you'll help me to, to give that out this morning. And, and where I fall short, oh Holy Spirit, please pick it up and uh, do, my, do the job anyway. Lord, um, thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would, uh, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter number 1. Acts 1. Matthew, Mark, Luke. John Acts. Let's try something else real quick while you're getting there. Attitude check. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Amen. Kind of seeing how how many people read my email this morning. (laughs) We, um, when, uh, when I was a kid, I think probably in, in Ruth's uh, area too, uh, we'd, we'd have a leader shout out, attitude check, and everyone would respond. Praise the Lord. Let's try that one more time. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. All right. Well, we'll try that again sometime. I want it, I want it to come from everybody's, you know, right down in, down in here in your diaphragm. Make it real good and loud. Okay. I remember, um, and many of you, many of you all, you all will remember when you were about to have your first child. I know whether you are a lady or a gentleman, and you uh, about to have that first little one, and you you have to get ready. And with the first one, especially, you really get ready. I remember when we found out that Karis was going to be a little girl. I was not ready for pink. We started getting pink, and I, I tell you, we started to get her room ready, and we started laying out all these pink things on, on her uh, her little baby bed. And I, I said, "It's pink." I said, "It's Pepto Bismol everywhere." <laughs> and I remember you you start you start to think about having the the children, right? And I know with 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 us, you you, you know, you read what's going on, and we took pictures every you know month and and whatnot, and, and you know, you get packed, right? You get ready to go to the um, to the hospital, and we probably pack two months in advance, right? And you, you make sure and have uh, you know the changes of clothes that you need and all this, and you pack the diaper bag because you really are going to need a diaper bag for the trip from the hospital home, <laughs> right? But you get ready for the birth of this little one. Now, let me tell you something. Just from experience, when it comes to number four, it's a totally different story. <laughs> it's more like, um, it's more like, honey, make sure and grab a backpack and throw some clothes in it on the way out the door, <laughs> right? And uh, it's like diaper bag. Yeah, you know, the hospital will give us a few diapers that'll hold us off until we really need them. But there's preparation, right? There's preparation that comes with having a kid. And I believe that 
Acts chapter 2 is really the birth of the church. It's the birth of the church. And I'm really excited about the message that the Lord started working in me for next week. Um, because I, I've, I've preached Acts 2 a number of times, and he started working on me something totally different. And I'm like, okay, Lord, this is, this is not exactly what I've done before. And he's like, that's good. This is where you're going. Okay. So this is preparation for where we're going. Because I believe that's what happened with Jesus. Jesus this, is, this happens right before Jesus is taken up to heaven. So these are his parting thoughts to his disciples. Remember, he had uh, died, as Karina just mentioned, he died third day, he rose again, and then it says here that um, for 40 days he showed himself to the disciples, and he taught them about the kingdom of God. But these are his last thoughts. And saying, okay, here in about, oh, around a week or so from now, you're going to get hit with something really, really good. And the birth of the church is going to take place. But you need to be prepared. So the question is, is how did Jesus prepare the disciples in Acts 1 for what was about to take place at Pentecost? How did he prepare them in his parting thoughts to them uh, to, in, to be the people of God that they needed to be for Acts chapter 2 to take place, for the birth of the church to happen? And if you remember, it exploded into, into the existence. It, it burst on the scene with 3,000 people you know, that first day. But it started in Acts 1. Let's, uh, let's read, sir, in the first... In the first verse, it says, The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. By the way, that's a great opening, because, and I could just stay right there and preach, I'm not going to, but I do want to say this. The whole idea of Acts is the continuation of what Jesus continued to do and to teach. After he was taken up, he continued to work. And we'll see how in a little bit. To these he also presented himself to, to these um, uh, his one, to the, his special ones. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which, he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, you've got to love the disciples, because they, they still don't get it, right? And, and that's, that's comforting to me, because sometimes I don't get it. I don't know about you guys. Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? Jesus, he said to them, It's not for you to know times or epochs which the Father had fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you should be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Okay, hang out right there for just a moment. Now, a couple of things. They, they asked Jesus a question. They said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel right now? And he started to answer the question here. 
We'll see that he answered it more fully in just a moment. But he started to answer the question. And the answer was, the Spirit's going to come. So there's a connection in between the Spirit and the power of the Spirit of God bursting on the scene and the kingdom of God. But then he says, you'll be my witnesses. In verse 8, in all Judea, in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. What this, this provides an outline for Luke. Luke is the writer of, of the book of Luke and Acts. It provides an outline. If you look at Acts, that's exactly what happens. They're in Jerusalem. The gospel goes to Judea. It goes to Samaria. And eventually, you know where it ends? With Paul being in, uh, in Rome. Uh, in, uh, I'm going to say he's, he's, a, he's a prisoner, but he's kind of a prisoner with um, a little bit of leave. But he, he in, it ends up in Rome. In the last few lines of Acts, Paul is saying, you Jews have rejected it. I'm going to the Gentiles. So this is an outline of the entire book of Acts. And Jesus gave it to the disciples at the outset. He provides a powerful plan. A powerful plan, or he might say a powerful purpose. He tells them what their purpose is. He tells them what's going to take place and what they're supposed to do. Now, remember that some of these people aren't actually going to get to the end. Think about it. The Apostle James he, uh, he was one of the first martyrs. James was there when Jesus said these things. But he never reached the, to the remotest part of the earth. Some of the people weren't there when they heard it, when, when Jesus said it. Think about Paul. It ends up with Paul being, being the one that is taking it to the remotest part of the earth. He's in Rome and he's saying, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I'm going to go to Spain and I'm going to go to Macedonia and I'm going to go... But he wasn't there. But Jesus provided the outline. He provided the plan. And I'm excited because I believe he's providing a plan for us too. And I'm not going to share that all right now, but he's, he's starting to really work in my heart about some, some plans and some direction and, and what our purpose is. Because what, what I want is for when people look at the statistics of Willimantic. I want them to look and say, okay, what happened? What happened in the early 2000s where everything changed? Where they can look at the, the crime rate and all of a sudden they, it, it gets here, here, and boom. Where they can look at the socioeconomic stuff and all of a sudden things do better. Where they can look at the, um, you know, the... Uh, uh, the un, the the pregnancy rate the the from single moms, and all of a sudden it's changed. Where they can they can look at all of these different factors. I want them to say something happened, and what happened is is 
that the kingdom of God broke on the scene and decided that we weren't going to take it anymore, that we were going to make an impact. And that every area of society changes because because God showed up. And all of us have a part to play in that. So as much as we're looking at, okay, how can we do this as a, as a group, I want you all to look and say, how, what is God's purpose and plan for me? You know, one thing that, that we do when we take um, people through premarital counseling, um, we often say, okay, I want you, we want you to come up with a mission statement for your family. And we've got a whole list of questions and what, you know, how to look at things and, and, you know, who are you as an individual? Who are you as an individual? Now, what is it going to look like for you two to come together? And what does it look like for your family? And we also tell them knowing that, th- you know, that might change over time. And it's okay. It's okay for that to happen. But you've got to start somewhere and say, okay, this is who we want to be as a family. And I'll tell you, sometimes we've done really well with it and sometimes we have failed completely. <laughs> We've said one mission statement, right? And, but that's, that's okay. God's bringing us all in a process. But I want you to ask yourself the question, what is God doing with me? What's my purpose and my plan that, that God has for me? And it might be, you might know just about that much of it, and that's okay. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, in Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost part of the earth. What does that look like? We're going to be his witnesses. We're going to start right here. They didn't have a whole lot, but they did have something. So ask the Lord, what's your purpose and your plan for me for your kingdom? And he might just give you a word, but that's okay. Hang on to it. He'll give you more, and it'll unfold. That's all right. If you don't have that, I, I, I believe that the Lord wants to show that to you. Might be a little bit longer in coming. That's okay. Part of the seeking process is realizing you just keep on going and the Lord will show you. There's a powerful purpose involved. Next, and I could stay here all day, but I'm really not going to. <laughs> um, uh, look in verse 9. And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? Now, come on. If you just saw somebody lifted up right in front of your eyes, wouldn't you be doing the same thing? So what are you looking at? Well, I'm looking because this guy just... Why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just as, in the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Now, hold your, hold your finger there, put a, put a mark there, put a piece of paper there, and flip over to Daniel. Daniel chapter number 7. Daniel 7. Because I believe what happens is the disciples see this you know, uh, from the earthly view, but Daniel sees this picture f- 
from the heavenly view. So I want you to see what happens. Okay, everybody in Daniel 7? Okay, look at, look at verse 13. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read Acts 1, just a, a couple of verses, and then I'm going to go to Daniel 7, okay? After he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now look at verse 13 of Daniel 7. I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the people's nations and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Now, what was the... What was, hold it right there. We're going to read some more in just a second. So don't go away. But what was the, the disciples' questions to Jesus? What was the question? Yeah, is this, is this when you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel, right? And so he starts answering the question. He finishes it by his actions. Do you see it? He goes up in a cloud, and Daniel sees the cloud, and see, he sees the Son of Man receiving glory, dominion, and a kingdom. Then look at 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. So the vision that he saw, and actually the vision starts a little bit earlier, but I didn't read it. The vision he saw was disturbing him, and he said, okay, what's the interpretation of this vision? And you're going, I just, I, I thought it was pretty clear. He saw Jesus going up before the Father, and he gets the kingdom. These great beasts, is verse 17, which are four in number of four kings who will rise from the earth. Verse 18. But the saints of the highest one will receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever for all ages to come. Wait a second. Verse 13 and 14. Who got the kingdom? The son, right. The Son of Man. Exactly. Jesus. But then what's the interpretation? Who gets the kingdom? The saints. You see it? So who gets the kingdom in the vision? The verse 13 and 14? Jesus. But then in the interpretation, who gets it? The saints. How does that work? Isn't that sort of an answer to the disciples' questions? Is it this time you're going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he says, <clears throat> here you go. Read this. I'm going to go up to heaven. I'm going to be received in a cloud. And who gets the kingdom? He, Jesus does and his body. We have a prophetic position. A prophetic position. We have a powerful purpose. We have a prophetic position. This is something that you know, that's their, their idea, their question is, are we going to get the kingdom? Because we, they know that the power that Jesus is talking about, it's got to be about the Spirit and the kingdom. Everything is about the Spirit and the kingdom. It's about the Spirit and the kingdom. Where's this kingdom? And Jesus says, 
Here it is. But there's kind of a trick to that. And actually, Penny did a great job setting it up for me earlier. Thank you, Penny. There's a delay. And it's an increasing kingdom. You know, Jesus talked about this. Um, you know, he said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. You plant it. It's the smallest of seeds, but when you plant it, it grows into the biggest of garden plants. Right? It's like leaven, that you put a little bit of leaven in the dough, and, and all of a sudden, it leavens the entire lump. By the way, Daniel has that same picture. This, this rock... Little bit, this stone that comes and it strikes the foot of the mount, uh, the the foot of the statue, and all of a sudden, the, it comes, it, it becomes a mountain that fills the earth. So the kingdom of God starts here. It's all about the kingdom, but we need to see our position as inheriting the kingdom. When you start to get that in your spirit, that he's given us the power and the kingdom, then we will start acting like emissaries, ambassadors of that kingdom. Why can we have a purpose to change the world? Because we have the kingdom. We are, we are bringing another kingdom and another set of rules, if you will, into place. But it goes from and what we'll, we'll see here in just a moment, it goes from the spiritual to the natural. See, Jesus gives the spiritual first. He's like, let me show you. Here's what happens in the heavenly realms. You're given a kingdom. Then he says, okay, here in just a moment, we'll see. All right, work it out. In the heavenly realms, he, you're given the, this power and the authority. You're given all this from Jesus. Work it out in the natural. What did we do just a few minutes ago? We prayed and we, we said, okay, Lord, work in the heavenly realms to bring healing, to bring restoration. And we're asking that, that what, what takes place in the supernatural will have effects in the natural. Right? Now, realize that sometimes there's a delay. A lot of, we pray that there, that delay is brought down to a minimum or nothing when we're praying for healing for somebody. But oftentimes when we're praying for you know, large stuff, we're praying for um, transformation of society, it may take time, and that's okay. It took time for them to get from Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the world, right? It takes time. And it may take even some people getting it later and some people not quite getting there. That's, that's okay. It doesn't change the fact. That God's given it to us, and we keep on pressing on, even if there's a delay. So the, the spiritual comes first, and you see what he, he gives in the, in the supernatural realm. But number three, there's a what, I, what I call a practical placement. A practical placement. Oh, I'm running late. He'll give me five minutes. Five, ten, fifteen, twenty. All right, forty. <laughs> we're we're up to 
We're up to 45 minutes. That's great. All right. Look at verse 12. They returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter and John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, the son of James. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Interesting, we saw just last week that his brothers uh, did not look like they had come in, but by now it looks like that they had started believing. At this time, Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren, a gathering of about 120 persons were, were there together, and said, Brethren, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. He was counted among us and received his share in the ministry. Now this man acquired a field with the price of his w- wickedness, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all his intestines gushed out became known to all who were living in Jerusalem, so that in their own language that field was called uh, Hekeldama, that is the field of blood. Um, let's just skip down here. Uh, verse 21, Therefore it's necessary that of the men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, that one must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And as, as you know, Matthias they cast lots, and Matthias um, was given that position, and he was added to the 11. Okay? There's a practical outworking. First of all, you see they get back, and, and with one mind, they pray. And they pray together. That's one reason prayer is so important. This all took place out of prayer. It all came about out of prayer. And um, we, we were doing really well with that on Wednesdays. And I want to start hopefully providing some more opportunities for us to get together and to, to pray and to pray to, to just really um, break through. And to pray, it says, with, with one mind, with, with a unity together. You know, it's not just about um, a bunch of individuals getting together and praying. It's about getting together with one heart and one mind with one purpose and one focus, and we're all on the same page, and we, we're able to go in together and just take care of things. But then it says that they, they knew they needed to add to the number. Why? Wasn't 11 good enough? Don't they go out in pairs? Mm-hmm. They go out in pairs. But they knew that they needed 12. Why is that? Somebody help me. Come on, you know this. Tribes. Twelve tribes. Thank you. You had the twelve patriarchs, the twelve tribes. And now remember, they're the beginning of a new kingdom. They're the beginning of a, of a new thing. And it wasn't just in the heavenly realms. Ah, you see it? You see it now? Jesus gave it to them in the heavenlies, but it needed to be worked out. What happens? Jesus is the new son of Abraham. He's the new Abraham. He's the new Isaac. Jacob. Jacob has how many kids? Twelve. Thank you. So how many disciples? Twelve. There's a new Israel. A new beginning. 
and it has to be a working out in the practical nature of things. Now here comes your part. It's about being part of this body. And God has given us all a part to play, as I said a few minutes ago, about finding your plan and your purpose. But we're also, uh, here in the next several months, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Because we all have gifts that the Lord's given to us, and we all have to be using those gifts. Because if, we, if we're not using those gifts, our body's not complete. It's hard to have a body when the, the heart gift is, is, uh, is not working. Right? If you're, if you're the heart gift and you say, eh, I'm taking Sunday off, what happens? <laughs> right? Come on. Or, or what, what happens if you're the kidney gift? And you say, eh, I, I, I think I'm going to take, take the time off for the next few weeks. It's hard to, it, your body doesn't function very long without kidneys. They go on for a little bit, but not too, not too long. So we all have these gifts and parts to play in the body, and we've got to find those and use them. Just like with the 12 tribes, they, they recognized we needed somebody else to put in there so that we can have the 12 apostles, so that we can have that beginning of the, of the new kingdom and creation of God in the earth. Where are you in that? What gift do you have? You say, oh, I'm a mercy ministry person. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm going to get in. That's my love in life is to intercede. I'm going to do that. Oh, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. I, I invite people. I know some people, they invite, they invite people so easily to come to church or to just talk about Jesus. It's just natural for them to just sit there and talk to somebody about Jesus. Some people, it's not. That's okay. Maybe it's not natural for you to do that, but it is natural for you to come alongside somebody and to be an encourager and to be a helper. Maybe organizing things is your thing. Some people, they couldn't organize themselves out of a paper bag. <laughs> All right? And that's okay. We need the organizational people, right? Even if some, <laughs> even if some of us can't stand them. But we need the... <laughs> Sorry. I... I I'm not as, I have some organization, but you know what, I know also I need people with organizational stuff to say, okay, stay on track here. And that's okay. Some people are saying, you need to organize your time right now. But that's all right too. Okay? We need everybody, every gift we need in the body so that we can all function together and that we can accomplish that purpose and plan. Okay? Because, you know what, I might be the mouth. But I may not be the feet. You might be the feet. I might be the mouth, but I may not be the hands. And you all might be the hands that somebody else needs. They may not need a mouth, but they might need some hands. Are you the hands? So look for that to come. But this is what Jesus was doing. He's preparing the people for the birth of the church. 
to give them an idea. Okay, this is the, the plan. It's a powerful plan. It's a powerful purpose that you have. This is where we're going. And I'm giving it to you in the heavenly realm first. It's a prophetic purpose, a prophetic uh, position that I'm giving you. But it's got to work out, that prophetic position has got to work out naturally also. So get ready. That's what he's telling us to do to, uh, right now, this, this body. He's telling us to get ready. Because if the plan's coming, the, he's already given us the, the stuff in the heavenly realms. It, he's got to get us ready naturally so that when, when the birth of the church takes place, Pentecost, which is happening in about a week, when the birth comes, that, that we're able to just walk right into it. Even you know, when you may not be ready, for, I don't think they were ready for 3,000 people to show up. <laughs> I don't think they were ready a bit. But you know what? The underpinnings were in place that they were able to say, okay, we're going to go anyway. We're going to fly. And Jesus provided when it happened. Amen? Yeah. All right. So... If you, if you want an assignment this week, number one, if it, know what your plan and purpose is. If you don't know it, that's fine. Just pray about it. The Lord will show you. The Lord will show you. Okay? Even if it's just a little snippet, that's okay. God will show you. If you know what it is, that's great. Get ready to use it. Number, number two, um, please get into your heart. This is more of the, the people who, who like to think about stuff. All right, get into your heart who you are in Christ, that he's given you the kingdom. What does that mean? Oh my goodness, the, the great and glorious things. What does it mean to be a citizen of a different kingdom? And when you walk down the street, you're walking by a different, different set of rules. Get into that into your heart, into your spirit. Be ready because that's who you are. And number three, if you don't know your gifts, that's okay right now. We're going to go through them. You're going to find them. And your gifts may change over time. That's okay too. But get ready. If you, if you know your gifts, start saying, okay, Lord, how can I use these gifts to be a full, fully functioning part of the body of Christ? Because we're going to put them all together, and I believe God has some major, incredible, wonderful things because he's got a powerful plan and purpose for us and for our entire area. Okay, so get ready because Pentecost is on the way. Right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray a blessing over this, this entire house that everyone who says, everyone who's part of the community of ALCC, whether they uh, have been here for years and years and say I've been a member since day one or whether they're just starting to come and uh, and just believe that God's called them here I pray a blessing over their lives a blessing for protection a blessing for provision a blessing for health and healing a blessing for hope a blessing for joy a blessing for the full purposes of God to be manifest in the lives of each person here and Lord, I pray that your spirit, just as you said, Lord, that your spirit would come in power. Lord, let us be expecting your spirit to show up and to do so powerfully. And Lord, I pray that you will do that once again. Visit us. 
Lord, it's all about you, and it's about what you do through us. It's not about our, our abilities, Lord, but it's about your power working in and through us. And Lord, we know that, and we can't wait. So we're asking that you do it again. And Lord, I just I, I bless, I am, I am. I place the seal, the covering, of the Lord Jesus Christ upon each person that's here, that's listening at home, upon their family, upon their household. I place the covering of the Lord Jesus Christ upon them and upon this uh, this church, this building, this this place, this uh, spot of ground here. That the covering of the Lord Jesus would be there to protect, to seal, to deliver, to uh, to for healing, for hope, uh, for um, provision in every area. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. Amen. God bless you guys.